What's up, Painless Flipping Podcast listeners? Before we dive into today's episode, I've got something special for you. Recently, I had the pleasure of joining an amazing podcast, and I wanted to share that conversation with you all. It's a fantastic discussion you won't want to miss. So without further ado, let's jump into that crossover episode and hear what we had to say. Enjoy. So yeah, man, let's jump in. Um, so yeah, I uh, guess today is Nathan, uh, Nathan Payne. Uh, Nathan, uh, you and I run in some of the same circles. Um, yeah, we've got some of the same same friends. Um, tell tell my tell our audience a little bit about yourself, where you're at, your market, what you do, and uh, yeah, yeah. So um, originally from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, I grew up there. Um, you know, not really much happened. I mean, I, I moved out of there after I graduated from high school and went on a two year mission for my church. Uh, where, you know, if you're familiar with the LDS faith, the Mormons, like that's, I'm Mormon. So I went and talked to people about Jesus for two years, got denied for two years. Uh, you know, that's where I kind of learned my muscle, got my muscle of, you know, knocking on doors and, uh, you know, just going after things and taking action. After that, I went to college, uh, went through college, went into the door to door sales. Cause that's pretty big in the LDS community, like knocking on people's doors and trying to, you know, eventually try to sell them things if that's where you go. So I did that for six years and graduated from college, build up teams. And then I was tired of moving around so much with that. Cause you have to move around all the time. And uh, then I went right into wholesaling. My buddy that I went to college with, I tried to convince him to do door to door the whole time. He tried to convince me to do wholesaling. His dad was doing wholesaling. Eventually, after graduating, getting married, I said, I called him and said, Hey, let's do this wholesaling thing. Let's try it here in Utah. So, yeah, ever since, you know, four years down, down, you know, up and down, you know, trying to figure this thing out. And uh, we're no longer partners, which is, you know, something we learned from Tom Kroll. Uh, that we know he said, Hey, you don't need a business partner. So as soon as he told me that I said, Hey man, no, no offense, but we don't need each other anymore. So broke that up and we're still friends, no hard feelings. And now I'm, uh, running a lean wholesaling machine and, uh, you know, fix and flip everything. Like I don't do just wholesaling. I do whatever makes sense. And I coach. So that's, that's where I'm at. That's, a, that's a bit, that's a quick review of, of me. That's good. What market specifically do you invest? So specifically right now in Salt Lake City, Utah, but because over the last four years, we've learned how to do nationwide wholesaling. Mm-hmm. We uh, we do deals wherever deal comes in from other students and other people. I'm doing a deal in Columbia, South Carolina right now. I mean, it, wherever wherever they come, if it's a deal, I can, I can dispo it. But I primarily focus in Utah just so I don't have to be all over the country. Nice. Nice. Where'd you do your mission? South America somewhere? <laughs> no, I wish. You know, when I was a when I got my mission call to go somewhere, I was hoping for Chile because I'm half Chilean, half white. So I was like, oh, I'd love to go to the motherland, you know, meet those people. But I got my call. I was currently at the time I got my they call it a mission call. Um, at the time that I got it, I was living in Idaho at co- I was going to college at B- B- Brigham Young University, Idaho, mm-hmm. and I, I got my mission call to Oregon, which was the state right next to it. And I was like, oh, are you serious? I'm literally just going the state over this stinks. So I was kind of uh, disappointed because, you know, when you're young, you want to go somewhere exotic or cool like Japan or Germany or something. But now I went to Oregon, had a great time. It's where I was meant to be. And I loved it. But Portland, Oregon. Nice, nice, nice. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, man, pretty exciting. So how, how long you been in the game? I mean, how long you been in real estate? How long? What's your time? About, frame? about four, about four years, four years now. So it's interesting four years in, in real estate in this market right now is kind of a veteran. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I've been, well, I jumped in in 2017 and I feel like I got battle scars 
they're co more's coming, but there's 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 yes, uh, yes. I mean, I have some flips that aren't selling. We're having to scramble. We're trying to like refinance, trying to figure out what to do. I meant I got in when wholesaling wasn't that easy, and right. and then two over the last two years it's been easy, <laughs> but yeah, now it's not easy again, and that's yeah. fine. That's yep. going to get rid of a, a lot of the people that came in that don't know what they're doing. It, that's totally true. It's going to, it's going to weed out. Um, and, and we're seeing that too. And, you know, people that are coming to us and uh, you know, looking for coaching and mentoring, you know, I, I've got to tell them, you got to go in with your eyes wide open, but there's opportunity here, but it's not for the faint of heart. And it's not for those that don't have, you know, strong will and are determined a hundred percent. So uh, yeah, a lot of people get in this business thinking it's passive. Wholesaling is not a passive business. No. It's a, uh, it's it's, it's very active. Wholesaling is a marketing business, rehabbing is a construction business. Mm -hmm. Owning rentals long term is passive. Uh, well, nothing's completely passive, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you have do you have any short term rentals? You're, you're in that market? Yeah. So over the last four years, I haven't really kept anything. I have a couple. I have two rentals right now, and I'm looking to buy an Aplex, but uh, I haven't really kept anything because in order to keep a wholesaling business going, you you pretty much have to sell everything wholesale it to keep the business alive right yep yeah that's honestly that's one of the pitfalls i've had is i i have at my age i a little bit different i don't know how old you are i'm, I'm 48 but mm -hmm. at my age i had to i had to be a little more aggressive about what i was going to keep right. uh you know i i've been in business all my life in different businesses and uh you know i don't have this killer you know fun uh you know IRA or anything that's, you know, I've depleted it over different businesses, but uh, right. at my age, I had to be more aggressive and you're right. It does. It starves, it starves cash for your other businesses. So our wholesaling and, and our flipping operation uh, are, are lean by, de by design, uh, yes. but they are feeding the rentals and that's, you know, again, that's how you got to set it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. I don't, I don't really tell anyone that they should just build a, a, a straight wholesaling business. I think that's a, a flawed model in my opinion. If that's all you do, you got to keep, you got to, you got to fix and flip. You, you got to maximize on what you get. Absolutely. So let's talk about that a little bit. So exit strategy is something I teach a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, <clears throat> you've get, uh, whether you're doing uh, insane outbound marketing or you've just got organic leads coming to you or, you know, however, however a, a lead comes to you, you've got to be able to understand exit strategy. And so, you exactly. know, one trick pony, sometimes the wholesalers are a one trick pony and they don't know how, uh, so oftentimes they don't know how to take down a deal in, in more ways than one. And then uh, the flip side of that too is they don't know how to dispo it and, uh, you know, or either hold it or refinance it or burr it or long-term, right. short-term rental, lease option, you know, rent to own, contract for deeds. I mean, all these, these different dispo. Uh, I don't know if maybe you can speak to, to uh, some of that is either, either on the acquisition side or the disposition side. I mean, what are you seeing in your, oh. uh, your business? I agree. I agree with you a thousand percent. Like, you know, if you're just looking at deals as uh, let me make a 70% minus ARV or whatever that your formula is, if you're just all, if that's all you do, you're going to miss out on tons of opportunities. I mean, you can do, you can do creative deals. You can do, uh, you can list deals with people like new, do innovations. Um, there's just so many different ways to help a seller. You, really what you're looking for is the motivation because if there's no motivation, they don't need you. They can just listen and wait. So if there's motivation, you can find a way. Yep. Yeah. hundred <clears throat> percent. Um, are you, are you going after, tell me, tell me some about some about your acquisition strategies. I mean, you, uh, I don't know your, first of all, tell us about your, your team and your business. What, uh, yeah. what does it look like? Yeah. So, 
uh, because of the market shift, I mean, I had a big company that was uh, with my business partner. We had multiple acquisition reps, leads managers, disposition rep, uh, you know, VA, a lot of VAs. And we, because I met Tom and I was basically saying, Hey, this is, he runs the wholesaling business. I kind of do the coaching. Like we kind of did it together. And Tom's like, you don't really need to give 50% of your coaching. And then he gives you 50% of the business. Like that doesn't even make sense. And I was like, you know, that that's true. So I basically we broke it up and I've made my team real lean. I it's just me and three VAs that run my coaching, um, you know, social media funnels, everything. And they look at deals that come across our emails from wholesalers. They, they make offers on market. Um, and they, we also, because of the platform I have at investorthrive.com, we get a lot of JV deals. So I don't spend any money on marketing right now. And I just have my VAs analyze deals. And if they make sense, then we take, we either take them down any way we can, right? Through a JV agreement. And I just closed on a deal yesterday um, that cost me zero dollars and a couple phone calls, and it was like a twenty-one thousand two hundred, uh, sorry, twenty-one thousand two hundred wholesale fee that I split with uh someone that I I talked to on Facebook. So I'd rather I'd rather do that. It's a lifestyle choice instead of so much a, uh, you know, I'm not going to get extremely wealthy off of you know doing a couple deals like that. But I'd yeah. rather do that than run. Uh, I had the whole team thing. It's 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 cool, but it's a lot of work, and it's just yeah. not what I'm interested in. So that's to answer your question. That's what my team looks like: three VAs that run my other businesses, and we also do deals. That's awesome. Yeah, a friend of mine, Stinson, he says, "Keep it small, keep it all." <clears throat> uh, which and that's what I've been doing. It's it's really nice because <clears throat> you know when I was doing the wholesaling, big wholesaling company, you know we'd make one hundred forty five thousand dollars a month or on big deals, and I wasn't excited at all because I knew that had to go right back into marketing. I knew that had to go to everyone in the company, and I had to split it fifty percent with my partner. Yeah. So at the end of things, like that's not that it really wasn't that much money for that much work. So it'd be fair to say that your JV JVing deals is kind of a, a big part of your model right now. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, I know how to do it. I'm very good at finding dispelling deals. And not only that, uh, people are struggling to find buyers right now and I know how to do it. So I'd rather leverage people who want to go reach out to the sellers. I'm very good at talking to sellers. Like I have very good uh, like sales process, but you know, you know how that is. You got to call them, you got to follow up and not that there's anything wrong with that. There's big spreads. I mean, if I do a JV deal, what we're going to split 20, 30 K and that's not that much, but well, it is right. But you know how it is like with in the long run. But if I do my own deal, then it's like 60 K 50 K I keep it all. So there's pros and cons, right? Yeah. You know, I've had <clears throat> it's an interesting conversation and uh, Nathan Payne's my guest. I appreciate you being here uh, investor out of Utah. So it's an interesting conversation talking about, um, your marketing like so the the typical wholesaler is doing multiple marketing channels has an insane you know marketing budget is told to you know uh split test everything and you know boom, 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 boom. but i've been fascinated with the model and and i i doubled down on this about two years ago of just being mm -hmm. an actional model <clears throat> i want deals uh, i gave a presentation about being a magnet in my market so i want to be yes. a magnet in my market where people know that they can come to me to either, you know, work a deal. I mean, I'm always, always, always willing to help. I'll give anybody 10 minutes of my time, anytime, any day, uh, but uh, work a deal, fund it, you know, hand it over to my project managers to flip it and, and split. But there's, there's so many ways to, 
to JV a deal um, and just having that attractional uh, model to where, you know, you, you don't have to spend insane amount of marketing dollars. I mean, the biggest wholesalers typically do, but I look at guys in my market, some of the old dogs, um, you know, they've been investing for, you know, decades, you know, they're not doing any of the stuff that, you know, that, that we're learning to, you know, the, what list to buy and whatever, you know, they're just, they've been in the game and deals come to them. I mean, you know, there's one, there's a meetup in my, in my city. Um, and it is, it is the seediest looking warehouse setting <laughs> warehouse. They've got a business there and it's Friday morning and you go in and the coffee sucks. And there's like the <laughs> age there is like 83. Yeah. And, but that's like some of the best value right there. And some and sitting in that room. Um, Agreed. Yeah. <clears throat> so I agree with you. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, some, you say you've got some VAs, so you're just looking at underwriting. I mean, you, you pretty uh, much. And so your VAs are part of your underwriting process. Yeah. What I believe is the way to really scale this business. And so you're not spending massive amounts of marketing is just to be that go-to magnet. Mm -hmm. That's what I believe. So what I've actually partnered up with a, a couple people in the family mastermind. I don't know if you've heard of the family, but that's how I met Tom. But you know, there's, there's what what's happening is the value that you can provide to people. If you know how to help them get it, make money off of a motivated seller or more money is huge. Yeah. So, I mean, I have that skill set. So if someone brings me a problem, they don't know how to solve, I can help them. Right. And yeah. that's kind of what the, there's another, uh, a partnership I'm, or like I'm working with the deal war room, uh, someone named Lori Graymont. And, you know, basically she's trying to create a, a place where people that need funding can go and they, they'll look at your deals, they'll fund them or they'll help you move them. So she, she has the same idea. So I told her, Hey, like I'm building a community. I'm doing the same thing. So yeah. let's, let's like partner. I'll run the community and, you know, I can help people answer questions and they'll deals will come in. So I, I believe there's like a central location where people can go and they'll never be like a central, right? There's so many different ways to talk to people, but if there's a place where people can bring deals to get analyzed and advice, and then it's like, Hey, for doing this, we can partner, we can fund your deal. We can help you find a buyer. I think that's really scalable. And that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. hundred percent. You know, <clears throat> Nathan, you said something that, uh, just sparked a, a thought <clears throat> dispo. So, Traditional thought on Dispo, I mean, it, it depends on the wholesaler, but traditionally, especially for the last few years, uh, you know, a new wholesaler or maybe even a seasoned wholesaler is going to get something under contract <clears throat> and they're just going to hit, they're just going to hit it on Facebook. They maybe have a yeah. buyer's list. They're going to throw it out to mail on, you know, MailChimp or constant contact. Yeah. You, gotta, you know, they're going to go buy a list. They're going to uh, blast it out, right? Blast it out. So my experience, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So like on Dispo, uh, if it's on Facebook, it's, that's the last resort. I mean, we're looking at Dispo uh, just as strategically as we look at acquisition. Sometimes disposition is like the forgotten thing. Like we get it under contract and now my job is just put it on Facebook and take the highest offer. But yeah. we're looking at disposition as I'm over a concierge approach. Like we're, we're knowing we're networking. So I run an investor club. I run an investor meetup. We're super active in our market. And awesome. like we know the people that have the 1031 money. We know the people that love the love neighborhoods. We know the people. So 
that I don't know, maybe you can speak to that, but that's something that's really worked for us is, is maximizing our um, assignment fees on our disposition rather than taking a quick, you know, sometimes five to 10 K lick on something, you know, we can actually, and, and we're doing a better service by not just taking the low hanging fruit, but we're like finding the people that are, are really want to pay and, and see the value in these neighborhoods and these properties and are willing to pay more. Um, how's your, like what, what did your dispo look process look like? And what, I mean, what would you say to like a new wholesaler that's trying to approach that? Wow. Yeah. You, you spoke to exactly what I teach in my program. So, uh, my name is P Nathan Payne, right? So my, I call my program painless wholesaling, right? Perfect. Cause I, I basically teach people to do exactly what you're talking about over the last two years. My dispo process has been buy the biggest list nationwide blast out every deal. And, and it's a tedious arduous process, right? You, you basically got to like call people. You got to send out. I mean, it was, it was a lot of work and that was because it was nationwide. We didn't have the relationships, but what I teach people now is like, look, that's not working as well as it used to, because there's a lot of buyers that aren't buying that are on those lists. That's a waste of your time. Get tight with 10 to 15 buyers, or in your case, throw a meetup and know all the people that are buying in what areas. And then if those deals come across, your way, whether it's from another wholesaler, someone at the event, you, you yeah. can bring it to them and you already got the deal done. So I don't teach people to, when they start, just pull a list and start calling. I think that's a waste of time. I think what you need to do is get tight with 10, 15 buyers, know right. what they need, then market to what they need. And you already have a buyer. So you're not messing around with the seller and thinking you can sell it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that's honestly, that is a much more ethical wholesaling process so yeah, it's, it's all more fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, the the contracts that fall out on a bad disposition process are pretty high. And that's oh, gosh. Also, it's a bad name. Yes, uh, yes. Very, 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 very high. Especially if you do nationwide, you're new and you're like, hey, let me just turn on Google pay-per-click all over the country and let's see what I can get. I did that. And we had to cancel like 50% of our contracts because you don't know the street. You don't know the area. I mean, there's a lot of problems with that that model, and there's a lot of people that have crushed it, and they they know how to do it. I just think it's it's not uh, something I'm interested in doing. Yeah, that's interesting that you did you've you've done that, and I've I've known plenty of that have, and they've done well on that fifty percent model. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, they spin their wheels a lot, and um, yeah, interesting. So you know, Nathan, um, I'd like to know. You know, you, you say you've been in the game for four years. You've been in real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, you've been in, you know, sales before, but what's, you know, you can share some of your, one of your biggest lessons that you've learned in business or in your, in your wholesaling business or, you know, biggest lesson. Yeah, I would say like, um, the thing, biggest thing that I learned was, uh, changing my mentality from a, a scarcity mentality to an abundance mentality. I used to believe that, you know, when I saw their wholesalers posting checks or, um, you know, getting a deal, I'd get jealous or frustrated because I'd be like, Hey, I'm grinding so hard. How are they successful? You know? And then I've, since I switched my mentality, shout out to like Brandon Simmons and a lot of my mentors that have helped me with this. Mm -hmm. I just, I do way more deals because I'm willing to, like you said, I got 10 minutes for anybody. You know, if, even if we don't do a deal together, maybe it'll come back around. And if it doesn't, then, you know, hopefully you're in a better spot after we chatted. So that me that mentality shift has helped me to be way more successful. Yeah. You know, the, it's the adult version of I'm going to take my toys out of the sandbox and go, and you, I'm not going to play. 
Yeah. So that scarcity mindset, you know, we see it in children and, you know, we kind of laugh at it, but then we emulate that as adults and in our business. For sure. Yeah. You know, it, it, it does no, it does a disservice to our business and to those around us. I love Tom. So uh, for those who may not know, Tom, Tom Kroll is a, a mentor of both of ours. And uh, that's how I met Nathan. Tom, Tom teaches the generous expert model. I mean, he, he pounds that like, religiously which is amazing you know to be a generous expert to be you know giving of your time to to don't don't hold anything back uh which is counterintuitive i mean most of us will think in our business i know i did early on as well it's counterintuitive for me to uh you know share uh you know i thought you know these are my this is my my business these are my secrets these are my this is my best list this is whatever you know the truth is it was early on that was the mentality but those same here man i was right there with you um but yeah that generous expert model is you know is killing it i mean honestly um if we can all be go givers in life and in our business you know the people around us are gonna um benefit from that greatly and not be and and you know in return you know our businesses our lives will, will flourish because of it um you know not as a prerequisite but Anyway, there's my rant. No, I, I agree. That's exactly how it was. And that's the biggest life, I guess, lesson change or I guess lesson I've learned. So. Perfect. So uh, I always like to hear, you know, I'm a house flipper um, mm-hmm. at heart. I mean, I've, this last year we did we did a lot more house flipping than we did wholesaling. We're going to pit. We're, we're pivoting a little bit now. Market's cooling a little bit. We're, we're doing a lot right. more contract for deeds. We're rehabbing, but not selling. Mm-hmm. We're doing more contract for deeds, but. That's Anyways, awesome. at, at heart, you know, I'm a house flipper. It sounds like you've done a fair amount of that. I, I always love hearing about like, what was the, what was the toughest deal that you've done? What was the, you know, or, you know, the nastiest, stinkiest house. I mean, the, the, the most troubled seller. I mean, what was, what was that one deal that you can remember that like you're scratching your head? Like I'm, I'm either giving up or I'm going to, I'm going to kill it. It's going to, this is going to be the best deal ever. Man, there's too many, right? You know how it is. It's just they're all over the place. I mean, there's sellers that will tell you they'll they'll move out and you you give them, you know, you let them do a post possession, you hold money back and, you know, they 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 want to end up like, you know, killing you or, you know, saying give me my money. I mean, there's so many. I'll, I'll just think of one. There's one just comes to my head. We we were dealing with this guy that we knew he was on meth, right? But he had to sell uh, an attorney reached out to us uh, that we had networked with and said, Hey, look, this guy needs to sell his house or he's going to lose it. Um, or like, I think something was going to happen where if he didn't sell it, his sister, uh, cause he inherited the home they had inherited the home. If he didn't sell it, the sister was going to take ownership cause he had, he was on drugs or something like that. So he had to sell it. So we bought it. Uh, the guy was like, I need time to move out. And, uh, so we, uh, bought it. We held back 10 K and he did not move out in time. I don't know why we, I guess we let him stay just cause that we wanted the deal, right? We were young and we we're just like, let's just do it. We were like maybe a year into this and the guy was nuts. The guy was crazy. Like, uh, he was like threatening to take us out because we didn't give him his money. And we were like, Hey man, the money's at escrow. As soon as you vacate, um, it's at the title company. Like, as soon as you vacate, you can give you the money. And he just like wouldn't leave, but he was like threatening us cause he wanted his money. 
and he was like calling the title company threatening the title lady and she's like don't you ever call here again and she was able to she didn't take his crap so he was able to calm down we gave him i think we gave him like half and he was like so mad about it because it was like dude we agreed and you you left the house trash so that was kind of a not a scary situation well you kind of scary because you have no idea what he's going to do the dude ended up moving into his mobile home and had that thing parked outside of the house that we ended up buying for a while we had to <laughs> call the cops and be like hey get this guy out of here um is yeah. in the neighborhood itself was like everyone threw a party when we bought the house and he moved out because the whole neighborhood was so glad to get him out like he had i think he had like you know, the cops had showed up to the house multiple times, had to bust down the door. Like, you know, there was crazy stuff happening. Um, so yeah, that was one that we're glad that's over. That's, uh, that's interesting that they threw a part. So the neighborhood throws a party for the investors that re yeah. basically reclaiming the neighborhood for them. So yeah. yeah, making it safe for them. And they, they were like, you want to come to the party? Like invited us for some reason I didn't make it, but they were just so excited because this guy, you know, it was weird. He had like his house was covered in searchlights, like uh, big, big, these bright lights that, that would like cover every part of his property because he was paranoid that people were going to come in. So, you know, people were like, dude, I can't even go to sleep with my window even cracked because there's a light blasting in my window. So, there, yeah, that was wild. You know, that's interesting story. And yeah, I, I'm sure you've got a dozen more just like that. And, you know, same here, you know, we're, we're a hero for rehabbing the house that's <laughs> been vacant for 10 years and, you know, squatters are, you know, living there and, you know, there's act, gang activity and stuff like that. Right. Uh, that's interesting. This is something that maybe it's, a, I think it's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> Situations like that, you know, sometimes investors get, get knocked or wholesalers get knocked. Um, and I don't know if you've got any, experience with uh, oh, yeah. your real estate commission, but I have experience with my real estate commission and investors will go in head first in a situation like that. And the real estate agent will not, I mean, yeah, they, you get judged all the time by real estate agents saying, Oh, you know, how do you sleep at night? I'm like, I have, I have no problem sleeping at night. <laughs> Cause we do stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, anyway, I'll get off the high horse, but that that's happened to me recently in the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, I, don't know. I, I enjoy helping people. I, we, we exactly, do yeah. like that all the time. Uh, you know, we'll do carrybacks. I mean, we're helping people move. I've gone, I've rented storage units and dumpsters for people. I've hired people to go help them move. I mean, we've taken, you know, we've hired people to take stuff to the goodwill. You know, we've, I did this one time. We, we rented a storage locker for, for a lady mm -hmm. to put her valuables in, uh, I would not advise doing that because if it goes <laughs> in your name, you can't transfer over. I learned that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, just going above and beyond. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's amazing. And and we really do help. I Because when I, my sales process, I'm sure yours is the same is I'm not, you can't convince anyone to take a low offer like you or whatever offer we're offering. You can't convince them. You got to basically present their options and then they make the decision with the information they have. So I never feel like I've taken advantage of anyone because you can't, you can't just take someone's house. <laughs> you, you, they got to sign all the paperwork, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. We're presenting offers that first of all, makes sense to us. And then that uh, encompass the, you know, the cost or, you know, the time associated with getting a particular deal done. Uh, and sometimes they're just, you know, sticky, sticky, sticky. So uh, anyway, all right. Well, for back. sure real estate agents anymore uh 
if, if you if you ever got hit by the Kansas or the uh, any real estate commission with your state, you'll 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 feel yeah. Like- it was really interesting. The first time my first wholesale deal, like two months in, we sent out an email blast on a deal that we had, and they the 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 board of realtors. Uh, invited us in and we're like, Hey, you can't market this deal. And that was our first experience. And we were like, so new. We're like, I don't even know what is going on. What are you guys even talking about? So they hit us the first, my first deal, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, they just want their hands and everything. I I mean, they just want to make money. I get it. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, yeah, Nathan, tell me, uh, we're turning the corner here. And, you know, again, I really appreciate you being uh, on our show. And yeah, I appreciate it. Part of our uh, in- inaugural 10 episode launch. So, um, yeah, any, you know, anything that you would be telling a new investor? I mean, the market's shifting, you know, uh, we're in Wichita, Kansas. So I like to think we're a little more insulated. We don't have the crazy appreciation and the swings. You know, our median home value is much lower than the Midwest um but yeah you're probably not going to see it like california and utah and like all the western states that freaking went up like this now they're getting crushed yeah so yeah in my market we're we're a little more insulated but you know it's coming for everybody rates are up um you know inventory is still down in our area days on market but i mean what would you what would you say to you know somebody just jumping into the game uh that's looking you know you know, whatever, house flipping, wholesaling, uh, wanting to get into, you know, looking to buy their first three rentals this year. Uh, what's the state of the state of the market and what's your, you know, assessment and, and recommendation? Well, it really depends on what their strategy is, right? If they want to buy for themselves and, you know, I would recommend start looking, right. But if you're going to wholesale, then get around the people who are buying. So, you know what they want, whether that's going to meetups, getting in a mentorship. Um, so those, that's my two my two advice is like my two of the two things I would suggest for someone that's coming in new determine what your strategy is, what you're trying to do, and then, you know, target what you want to buy or target what other people want to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and honestly, educating yourself in the market right now, the, the market's changing, whatever, whatever, you know, city, uh, that you're in or, mar- or market that you're in, it's shifting. I mean, it's changing. <clears throat> so educating yourself on, you know, what the media, media home prices are, the days on market. I mean, what, you know, what's appreciate or what's, what's holding, what's stabilizing, what's rapidly depreciating. Um, you know, that, that is the, I always teach that's the first, first thing you need to do is just become aware of, um, you know, housing inventory prices. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you gotta be an expert. Right. And and if you're not, if you're new, try to become one, like to get, start becoming one. Cause that's what people pay for is they want someone that's like, you know, that's why the coaching exists is because, you know, I paid for coaching all the time. Like I paid for over a hundred thousand dollars in coaching and will continue because you get around people that can give you that shortcut. Yeah. So hundred percent. And I, <clears throat> I'm a huge proponent of that. And, you know, let's talk about that for a second. So a lot of times people, you know, they'll throw shade on uh, anybody that would want to charge anything. They'll throw shade on, you know, a, a program or a mentor program or a coaching or, you know, this, that, or the other, like, you mm-hmm. know, the conventional wisdom, I don't know if it's conventional, the popular opinion would say, well, it's all free. Everything you can, you know, everything's free, which I can't argue with that. I mean, I absolutely, I will tell yeah. people all day. Information long. free yeah. all the time. I'll do that. But time, your time, my time is not free. Yes. And so, you know, as coaches uh, and mentors, you know, we, 
we eliminate the learning curve. Right. Uh, eliminate. We shorten the learning curve. I mean, nobody's everybody's going to have their their bumps along the way, but um, you know, that's just. I heard it said, you know, there's not bumps in the road; it's just the road. You know, we yeah. think, oh, there's a, I hit some bumps in the road. No, you're just on a road. So, but as coaching and mentors, you know, we can help smooth that road out. And, um, you know, the shortcut, <clears throat> something that would take for me, and for instance, it took me for it took me a while before I joined any coaching. And, you know, my learning curve was, I mean, it was pretty stagnant. I mean, I was I was right. eating the podcast, bigger pockets, everything everybody told you to do, consuming content as much as I could, uh, but not until I. Uh, joined a coaching program that I actually accelerate that. Um, right. So yeah, that's, that's something. And, and, you know, quite honestly, uh, <laughs> my coaching, my coaching, I was actually born out of <clears throat> almost uh, really out of necessity. I was having so many copies. I mean, I had so, I still, it, I mean, it happens to this day, but now I know how to handle it. I was having so many people a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, can I go pick your brains, have a coffee? I'd love to you know, have a chat. When can we visit? Let me take you to lunch. Blah, 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 blah. All that is, it's, it can be exhausting and I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Well, let's centralize it, right? Let, yeah. Let's that's, in one exactly, place. that's exactly what I did. I was like, all right, I'm going to formalize this. If you want a seat at the table, <clears throat> let's go. And I knew the value of that. I mean, I knew the value of, you know, connecting with guys like Don Costa and, and you know, limit, you know, uh, eliminating the learning curve and, and, and learning from guys like him that have, that have gone ahead, you know, are, are able to teach and <clears throat> uh, help me eliminate so many of the pitfalls that that every investor has to navigate. Right. Um, but it was it was hard for me to, first of all, take that leap. And then second of all, like to understand, hey, I need to I need to let people know, like, this is this is for real. <clears throat> if you want to take a commitment into your investing career, you know, you need you need to invest uh, in coaching, you need to invest in mentoring and, uh, yeah, well, Hey, we're turning the corner. Like I said, any uh, last, last couple of questions, any, any favorite, um, uh, <clears throat> software books, podcasts, I mean, stuff that, you know, either has helped you grown personally, things that, uh, you're so reliant in your business, uh, you know, anything specifically that, uh, you could recommend to somebody that's, um, you know, maybe wanting to, to be where you are. Yeah, I would say the way I run my business, you don't really need too many softwares. I mean, obviously you need a CRM. I use HubSpot. You can use a free version. I use a paid version, right? But uh, HubSpot's good I uh, or any CRM. I use uh, Batch Leads for uh, pulling lists, data, driving for dollars. Batch Leads is good. And that's pretty much why I've narrowed my business down. I used to have so many softwares back in the day, but now it's pretty much that. And, um, you know, I would just say, take action, right? Like, even if you don't know what to do, like I'm doing a deal with someone that's uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, like I said, that I'm JV and, you know, he's asked me some of the most basic questions I've ever heard. And, you know, like, it's like very like, wow, this is very beginner, but he's done three deals and this is his fourth, right? Once we finish it, you know, cross your fingers, everything goes well, but um, yeah. So it's like, Hey, you know, he's taking action props yeah. to him. He's doing it. And he, he has questions like, what do I put on this agreement or like, what's an, what's an assignment, right. Or what, what, you know, just basic stuff. So you don't have to be like super uh, skilled at, or knowledgeable at, at the moment to get it done. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Fail forward. Imperfect action. Uh, yeah. Uh, progress, exactly. Perfection. I mean, all of that. Yeah. It's so key. 
I think that's what keeps a lot of people on the sidelines. And I've talked to people that, you know, analyze and read for a year or two years and I'm you know, just waiting for the right time. I don't feel equipped. The truth is you're never going to be equipped and never, bro. <laughs> you just got to You got to jump in. Yeah, exactly. right, man. Dude, I so thankful you took the time to visit with us. How can uh, how can people get a hold of you? What uh, any any anything you've got upcoming you want to plug or prom- promote or anything? Uh, um, if if you go to my YouTube channel, Nathan Payne, just type in Nathan Payne, I'll be on there. And then investorthrive.com is my website. You can check out. I have a club. I, I have a low ticket like item for like really cheap coaching it's 297 a month and i give people a free call i give them leads i give them a community a private community and uh you know that's a lot of people if they jv with me i give them 60 percent instead of a 50 50 if they're not in the club so i kind of like to start people there if they're newer and then if they want more one-on-one they can pop jump up to the higher but that's kind of like what i'm providing is like a low low entry just so people can because i want to build an awesome community like mm-hmm. where people can come in network kind of like other masterminds that cost like I'm in a mastermind cost 15,000 a year. That is one of the most valuable things I'm a part of, but you know, these people don't have the money for that or want to invest in themselves. So I'm trying to create that in like a very, very low ticket uh, product. Nice. Yeah. All right. We'll drop that in the show notes, Nathan. I really appreciate you taking the time again. Uh, Thanks so much. And uh, yeah. uh, Best of luck to you. This, uh, upcoming year i hope you uh, crush your goals and appreciate yeah. it uh, thank you be interesting to take this journey with you and, and tom's group as well so let's anyway. do it yeah i appreciate it thanks man yep